0: Well, hello and welcome to Pre-Service, a podcast preparing you for worship at Silverdale Baptist Church. My name is Michael and I am with my co-host and friend, Kevin. How you doing, Kevin? I'm doing well today, Michael. How are you doing? I'm good, but you sound awesome. uh, you sound, sound like you've got
1: a little something going on I there. I do sound today. a little different. I, will, I promise I'll take some drinks and and uh, <laughs> every now and then i got some water here. Hopefully it'll help me a little bit. So, hey, we're getting started this week and we're, again, we're in the Psalms. We're, you know, staying in that area with the sermon series. And so we're going to be going over some of the things about Psalms in general to start off with. And then we're going to dive into the Psalm that we'll We'll be uh, hearing the scripture from. We'll be hearing a sermon from this weekend. So, Michael, yeah, what do you think yeah. about the Psalms? Well, I like them. I do too. But well, what, what in particular do you think we want to talk about this weekend?
0: I'm really glad that they're in the Bible. They do me a lot of good. Yes. You know, um, each week we take a few minutes to talk about uh, just some introductory material, things that are maybe not so specific to a yeah. particular Psalm, Psalm. Yeah. But just the Psalms in general. And tonight, let's take a few or actually whenever you're listening to it, it may not be night where you are.
1: It could be the morning. You may be driving into work or something. Yeah, but it's this is still true. That's the beauty of God's word. Oh, it's always man. true. It's, it's
0: effective for us. Alive so. and active. It is. <laughs> yes. Right now, why don't we take a few minutes and talk about the Psalms as poetry? Because the Psalms, they differ from other sections of scripture. Yes, very much. They stand out. They really do. They really do. And as poetry... They're completely different than what we normally think about as poetry.
1: Well, here in the West, for sure. I mean, right? Here in the West, so. here, here in, yeah, in the United States, we're both in the South. If that comes as a surprise to you,
0: <laughs> if you haven't you, picked up on you that, you may yet.
1: not have been listening closely. But yeah, for us, you know, we think of poetry and we think of the rhyming, right? I'm, yeah. I'm going to rhyme something. Doctor Seuss is it feels simplistic, but in reality, it's it's impressive in the way that things rhyme. But that's not what we
0: see in biblical poetry, right? Right, right, right. You have more of a rhyming of ideas, something called parallelism. That, yeah, that that something will be stated and then then it will be restated a little bit differently. Maybe it's a little bit stronger. Maybe it's a little bit different approach to it. Uh, but this whole idea of rhyming of ideas, it's a, it's very flexible in how it does that. Um, you know, and we need to remember too that that. The Psalms were, for the most part, written to be used in a corporate setting. The whole concept of a personal Bible or a personal study Bible, that's relatively new. Back in biblical times, you might have had one person like Ezra standing up before the nation of people um, teaching Everybody from God's word, from God's word, and, and and others that would be teaching along with that, or you would you would you'd have these large gatherings. This whole personal Bible is really really cool. I'm glad for the ones oh, absolutely. that I have. Yeah, uh, but unique to our day, not their day yes. and what impresses me about people in biblical times just in general is how even though you know they may be considered uneducated by our standards of education, how familiar they were with the Psalms. Yes. I think about for example, uh, you know at the Passover uh, when Jesus was coming into uh, Jerusalem, and he was writing in and they shouted out to him, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And that's actually a quote from Psalm 118. And the people were familiar enough with the Psalms to, to recognize the occasion and say that
1: an appropriate quote, right? They quoted from the Psalms and applied it appropriately. It was, it was effective. Um, it was something that allowed people to. Uh, connect and remember things. And and at the time, they may not have had, well, they certainly didn't have, what we have today in terms of the uh, completeness of the canon, the the Bible, right? Mm -hmm. So they may have known of certain uh, prophets who had given uh, prophecies and certain passages, but the Psalms was something that people had probably studied and memorized entire sections, and they were able to apply it. One, One other thing with the Psalms, When we read biblical poetry, we have to remember that uh, it's intended to be concise. So if Michael or I were writing a letter to somebody, our intent may be to make sure that the other person fully understands what we're saying. I want to make sure that there's nothing left to chance here. I want to explain something to you. And there are certain passages within the Bible where the Lord certainly lays out through whomever wrote it, whoever the author was, he lays out... Uh, a lot of detail there and walks us through that so that it can be foundational for us in terms right. of theology. The Psalms, however, is for us to be able to connect
0: emotionally and experientially. So you had a great example of that with David. Yeah, with David. If you think about uh, the story of David and Bathsheba, if you read uh, in the Bible where it's sharing that story, um, you get the facts, you get the narrative, yeah. you get the storyline. And you even that. know things that that maybe the people at the time didn't
1: realize. Right. So when Nathan came to see David and David gets all up, you know, his righteous anger and his indignation about this man who stole the the lamb from, from another man, right? Mm-hmm. The rich man who stole from another man. He's not expecting that Nathan is going to point the finger and say, you're the man, right? He, but we know it. We know it as readers. Yeah. So some of those
0: passages we're given, in the story, more details more detail. than even the people at the time, right? But when you switch over to the Psalms, where you go to say Psalm, as it's am am yes, 50, it? 50, fifty-one, yes, Psalm fifty-one, where where David, he's become aware in the story. You know that when when Nathan confronts him, he he becomes very convicted, and you see this this conviction uh, play out in him saying, you know, that's man, I have sinned before the Lord. But when you turn over the Psalms, you read. The conviction of his heart in Psalm fifty one. So you get the poetry of that, and so and it makes that connection deep
1: and personal. You you, okay? So unless you're different, or maybe unless I'm different, maybe I'm different. Well, there there, there is truth to that. There is
0: some truth. I don't know that
1: we have room in the podcast (laughs) to deal with all that. I'm not sure that we can cover that, but. But I'm going to say there have been times where you read in the Psalms and you'll see someone express a feeling, express an experience, express compassion or or, or towards somebody else or, or hurt or sorrow. And when you read it, you can connect with it, and it's very real. Mm -hmm. It's not the same as reading the story sometimes where you read, well, this happened, and you say, okay, well, I know it happened, and there's a reason that the Lord told me that it happened. It's important. But then you read in Psalms, and you're like, oh, man, that just rounds out that whole story. Now I really know what this guy felt like. And sadly,
0: I felt some of those same feelings. Yeah, yeah. And you know, as we deal with the Psalm that we're going to talk about today, um, there is a lot of emotion in that there is a lot of, uh, well, let's just, let's just talk about that. Let's just jump into jump that. In. So today we're talking about Psalm 91, 91. and I'm going to read that from the Christian standard Bible, the CSB today. Psalm 91 says the one who lives under the protection of the most high dwells in the shadow of the almighty. I will say concerning the Lord who is my refuge and my fortress, my God, and whom I trust. He himself will rescue you from the bird trap. From the destructive plague. He will cover you with feathers. You will take refuge under his wings. His faithfulness will be a protective shield. You will not fear the terror of the night, the arrow that flies by day, the plague that stalks in darkness, or the pestilence that ravages at noon. Though a thousand fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, the pestilence will not reach you. You will only see it with your eyes and witness the punishment of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord my refuge, the most high, your dwelling place, no harm will come to you. No plague will come near your tent, for he will give his angels order, conser, orders concerning you to protect you in all your ways. They will support you with their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the cobra. You will trample the young lion and the serpent because he has, excuse me, because he has his heart set on me. I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls out to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and give him honor. I will satisfy him with a long life and show him my salvation. Amen. Kevin, as uh, as I began studying this Psalm, it quickly became apparent to me that I wasn't very familiar with this song. Yeah. yeah. And, and there I, are pieces here, right? I mean, right. There are some verses that sound very familiar to me. And if we have time, we'll talk about verse 11 and why that uh, just really stuck out as I was studying that. But, I thought, but if not, you read and, and see if it doesn't stick out to you. Take yeah. 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 So, but I was thinking, oh my goodness, I hope that Kevin can kind of pull my weight on some of this because <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to be able to pull this off. But God really opened up my eyes to a number of things in this. And and, yeah. and I trust he did for you as well. And one of those things um, is that when you read this Psalm, it seems to be broken into three, what I'm going to call movements. I got this from James Montgomery yeah. Boyce and his commentary, three movements. And, 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 and you can see those movements. Change from one to two to three by the pronoun that is used, by the personal pronoun. So in verses one and two, you have the writer, he's expressing his faith and he's using the word I. Yeah. But then when you read verses three through thirteen, he is commending his faith to you. He's talking to you, and and he uses the word you. But then when you get down to verses, uh, to the last few verses, verses 14 through 16, you get this final section where the divine eye, where God himself is speaking, and, and he's telling those of us who have put our faith in him how he will be the one to provide for us and to protect us and how he loves on those who call on him. And so that was helpful for me as I was reading through this to just see that that separation. Um, yeah. And
1: that's something that you can miss if you're, you know, if you ever read this and you're distracted or you're tired or something, mm-hmm. as you read the different pronouns, it can be a little confusing, right? It, that happens sometimes. It happens. We, we lose track at times and it happens. It's important to remember, we go back and, and we reread this and we consider those three different sections and, and how the author writes this. And it makes sense that he's talking about something that's very personal to him mm-hmm. uh, in the first uh, two verses. And then he, for the next 11, I think down to 13, he, you know, as you said, he commends his faith. But he's really talking to the reader, the person yeah. who's going to be consuming the poem here, the, the poetry um, he's. Talking about what you benefit, what you get, how your relationship is. He's talking to, to me, you, Kevin. He's talking to me. He is talking <laughs> to talking me. He's talking to that's you. Exactly right. He's got a thing he's, for you to hear. Yeah, he wants me, me too, to hear you it. too. He, that's exactly right. And then, then he gets down and he makes this transition. And I think this is part of what we were talking about with poetry and the way that the parallelism works and how it can be odd for us here in the West mm-hmm. to read this. He's transitioned back to that first person pronoun, but he's now talking. In God's stead, yeah. He's, the Lord is really speaking through him about his promises. Uh, you know, he, he holds fast to me in love. I will deliver him. That's not the psalmist. That's the psalmist speaking on God's behalf what the Lord has delivered
0: to him. I love the use of metaphor in verses 1 and 2. Uh, you know, if you, if you look at that, you see four metaphors that, that he uses for God. He talks about in verse 1, God being our shelter and our shadow, Yes. You know, we, I love this idea of us finding help in a shadow, yes. finding security in a shadow. And, and, you know, read through that and just process that a little bit. In verse two, he talks about God, the other two metaphors of as God being our refuge and our yeah. fortress. And to, to go along with that, I think to kind of give substance and strength to those metaphors, he uses four different yeah. names for God. I thought that was kind
1: Isn't of... Isn't cool. that it? Because we've talked about that in some of the different books, right? In book one, book two, and, and here we are and we see he's using four different ones, right? The Lord is the Most High, the Almighty. Then he uses the Lord's name, Yahweh, and we see that translated as Lord. You know, one thing we haven't talked about, Michael, is when you see that in the Old Testament and you see L o r d with a capital O r d, but they're all smaller. Uh-huh. I'm still not sure what we call that. Right? We're, I, we're still wondering about. Either it. somebody but, who knows put uh, it, put in, the it in the comments. <laughs> yeah, we'll we read it. So, but when you see that, that is a representation of God's name, right? That's Yahweh, where he he told Moses what his name was, what to call him, and then we see a, a more generic kind of use where he says, uh, "God, my God, in whom I trust." Um, But I think it's important as we look at the metaphors that he links those up with God in different ways that the Lord has described himself and told us to refer to him. I I think that's an interesting way that that this author, this psalmist
0: puts that in. Yeah. Yeah. And then when when you get to that second movement, that second section where he's where he's talking to you and me. Uh, going down to verse four, um, I didn't know what a buckler was. I'm, I'm now, I read from the CSB a minute ago. I'm reading from the ESV now.
1: I grew up reading old fantasy stuff, you know, <laughs>
0: Not, swords and shields. What and is a
1: buckler? Like a buckler. Yeah. So it's, it's armor that goes over the arm right? So it's like a little shield. So it's like a little shield. It's a not, not totally a shield, so, but it's connected. So, so you where got you a, might a, hold a, big a shield, shield
0: and a little shield, kind of a little shield <laughs> and it's, it's mounted. So it, it would be something that would be strapped onto your arm uh-huh. probably. Okay. So you have yeah. this, this idea. I really, I had to look this up and kind of get familiar with it. So yeah. uh, as, as, as I, as I come to realize that a little bit better, we hadn't I hadn't even talked about that.
1: That's just, no, yeah.
0: it's kind of fun. So you have this big shield that's protecting us. That's sort of there and immovable and they have this little shield which is very mobile mobile and yeah when you you can use your arm and
1: it it provides protection and yeah Yeah. you can hide behind it so yeah
0: yeah and so and with that it's it's what was very striking to me is what was our shield it says that his certainly god is yeah his faithfulness
1: yeah i mark this as one of my um my statements on theology, right? It, mm. Because it talks about God's faithfulness, and and what do I find is my shield and my buckler? It is His faithfulness, not His power. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, not here, the, not the character. Not, in other in other in other areas, yes, but yes. Here, it, right here. He, he focuses on the dependability the faithfulness the consistency the the follow-through that, that God has what he tells us he does yeah and that that is the thing
0: that yeah is so you're talking about this, so about the, what above. he tells us he does you're talking about him being faithful to his word yes to so, his name to even, his name to, to his name to his word yeah to that and so when when God makes a promise to you, He's going to be faithful to it. Absolutely. Now, I mean, Absolutely. that will preach, but I'm not going to preach. because <laughs> I appreciate that. Yes. <laughs> oh, but, but I, 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 man, that just really kind of, when I, when I figured out what a buckler was, I had a little fun with that in my mind, a little sword play and all that. Okay. Like, you know, yeah. So God's, God, because I really well, am and, a boy at heart. Yes. I just, yes. you know, I, I'm I have a grown up about this side yes. at my house that says, don't grow up. It's a trap. And I do believe that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: I don't know who told us that, but, uh, absolutely. But uh, here,
0: here God's faithfulness is being that for us. He's faithful to his word. He said he was going to do a thing. Yes. And then throughout the rest of these verses, um, he says that.
1: Yes. Yeah. Well, Everything in, in, you know, we had talked about this before. It's very promissory, right? The Lord, these are promises about what the Lord will do. And uh, sometimes when we get into Psalms, again, when we talk about poetry, we find truth right? It's true. All these things are true. But there are times when it may feel like that doesn't apply. Because what this isn't is, you know, God is not a slot machine. He's not a candy machine where you put a nickel in. I I prayed, Lord, give me exactly what I want right now. He doesn't work that way. He has a personality. He has a plan. And he tells us to bring things to him. So we come to him and we say, hey, here's a thing you said you are, Lord. And sometimes we see healing in this life and sometimes we see healing through this life, right? Yeah. But but these are all promises that are absolutely true, and that we will enjoy in the Lord. We'll find these being satisfied.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so helpful, man. So, do you think we have a, a few minutes or a moment or two where we can talk about verse eleven? Yeah, I let's would go really for it. Hate to skip over that, and I don't want to jump too far ahead. If there's some other verses that stuck out to you, no, brother, I, I'm I'm good for it. I okay. think that's a well, important verse. I mean, I think so too, because uh, as far as I know from my studies and reading, that this is the only verse in the Bible that the devil quotes. Yes, I, well. As far as I can remember, yes. Yeah, as far as I can remember too. Prove me wrong, and and and, and, and if, let if me we're yeah,
1: if we've missed it, share it with us. We want to know. But yes, but the thing Satan is, he doesn't just this. quote
0: it. He misquotes it. Yes, right? he misquotes He mis it and bad. misimplies it too. Yeah, share again. the context of that. Uh, you know, from Matthew. So so we have uh, Jesus has just been
1: baptized and he has gone into the wilderness to fast and spend time with the Lord, right? And here we have Satan tempting Jesus. And in the midst of that temptation, he misquotes and misapplies this passage. He takes Jesus up to a high place and he says, throw yourself down. I'll give you all of this kingdom. Right. And Jesus confronts him with scripture used appropriately. Yeah. But in this place, the devil quotes this passage and says, throw yourself down. The Lord will command his angels to, to keep you, to hold you up, to catch you so that you won't hurt yourself. Yeah. So what's wrong with what, what he said there? Well, this is not intended for anybody to tempt the Lord and make an attempt to do something. This is a
0: promise that the Lord gives. It's it's not correctly used. It isn't. And in and, and, and something that, that that stuck out to me in this, um and I may be a little wrong here in this, so so we'll I'd like to just be
1: a little wrong at times.
0: <laughs> I'd settle for a little wrong. I've, I've been wrong before. But he, you know, he, he, he leaves out the last phrase in all your ways. And so when we think about God's ways that he's going to, he's going to, to guard you in all your ways. These yeah. are the ways that God has laid out for you. Yes. These yes. are the things that God intends for you. These are the things you that can't God misapply has for, you. Them for your, your own. Yeah. It was not benefit. God's intent for Jesus to do what Satan was tempting him to do. Right. So that's the temptation. It wasn't just that angels wouldn't come do that. He was trying to tempt Jesus to do something that was not in God's will whatsoever. Right. And so that's the misuse of it.
1: Yeah. And I I think that is uh, important for us to notice that our, our responsibility is to seek the kingdom of the Lord first, right? (laughs) We're, we're actually to put him first. We're here to glorify him. We're certainly here to enjoy him and experience him. Um, he, he is our God. He is the one who chases after our souls. Uh-huh. He's the one who redeems us. Uh, but it's for his glory. He says for the glory, you know, for my name's sake, I do these things. Um, and, and in this place, the, the ways here refers to, uh, his ways for the reader or the person that this is being applied to, whether it's applied to me, you, him, or in the case we're talking about Jesus.
0: Yeah. So Tony and Travis and Randy and Maddie, if you, preached this, and I just stole don't, Yeah, we don't, yeah, we don't know there.
1: that. So I hope, we don't, <laughs> hope that's not what you're focusing on. Yeah,
0: I hope we didn't just steal a little something there, but... Uh, we may have to... Yeah.
1: So. Ask, ask
0: for okay. <laughs> permission. It may, may, may need to be Oops. grace. I hope,
1: I hope not. I hope not. But that's a very interesting passage. Yeah. And to see it actually used in the New Testament um, and realize, you know, not that he's uh, somebody to focus on, but we know that... Um, angelic beings see the word of God. They hear the word of God. Obviously, Satan knew enough to misquote yeah. this this yeah. passage from the Lord, but they don't understand it the same way we do. We're we're, and we're redeemed,
0: and we need to read it in context of the other verses. Absolutely, too, yeah, not, yeah. Not take too much more time on this. Uh, don't want to be. I don't want to become. A, we don't want to become a burden. But but going back to verse nine, it says, "Because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the Most High is my refuge." Because you've done that and you're living according to his ways you will find that as you live he will guard you he will protect yeah, you. Absolutely. So this has been fun. I think we did a decent job getting through so. Psalm 91. I would like said it's- at the beginning I wasn't as familiar with this but but I hope that this was a help to you. It was certainly a help and a blessing. To, to me. Yeah,
1: you, I think we've got a couple of things. Yeah, a for-
0: couple of things in conclusion. If you're looking for something to further your studies and understanding of the book of Psalms, we would commend to you 40 Days in the Psalms by T.J. Betts. Uh, great resource, a little bit more than just a brief devotional, yeah. not quite as big as a... Uh, a commentary yeah, it's on Psalms. Not, not that deep. think that you would find. And there, actually, there are several others in this series on other books of the Bible. Yeah, so. I noticed that. That was so, nice. Yeah, so if you like this one, you can look at some of the others. But that's handy. One. I think we both have enjoyed going through that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So again, this is an attempt to help prepare you for worship. Uh, this coming weekend here at Silverdale. I, anybody's welcome to listen to this podcast. We hope yeah. that it's a help or watch it on YouTube. We hope it's a help to you. Uh, but we would now, also love to see you in worship on, on Sunday, either at Saturday night. We have a Saturday night service at Bonnie yep. Oaks. We have a number of services on, uh, at a number of locations on Sunday mornings. So check our website to find times and places. And then also you can join us online on Sundays at 9 30 and 11. I'd love to join you there. Yeah, so in
1: between now and then, spend time in the Word. Enjoy the Lord. We hope to see you this weekend.
0: Yeah. Thanks for spending the time with us. Yeah, and, and, and don't forget, if you haven't done so yet, subscribe to yeah. this podcast. Like, like us, the ones that you can. And help us get the Word out, okay? Yeah. Well, I hope this was helpful to you. If while listening, you realized you need to take the next step in your relationship with Jesus, we would love to help you with that. You can connect with us by clicking the link in the show notes to our website and then clicking the connect card button. In our weekend worship services, we are in a six week sermon series called Jesus in the midst. John chapter 13 and 14 record Jesus's final words to his disciples in the upper room. They are about to enter the darkest moment in history and Jesus shares with them the essentials of what they need to walk through them. You know, the things they needed in the midst of their darkest hour are the same things we need in ours. We would love for you to join each week at one of our campuses or online. You will find service times by clicking the link in the show notes to our website. Lastly, there are so many ways for you to get involved and be a part of what God is doing at Silverdale. We really want you to feel welcome and a part. So please stay connected. Be sure to like and follow us on all our different social media accounts. You'll find all the links in the show notes of this episode. And lastly, help us spread the word about this podcast.